And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Okay, I'll start off obviously staying in the office. Uh, a very disappointing home loss. We've obviously dug ourselves in a hole. The disappointing part is just the type of mistakes that we made today. It's really a reflection of our first quarter of play. You look at the key components of, of winning football, is obviously starts with running a football and, and stopping the run. Um, we did not stop the run. Uh, that was a huge part of Cleveland's success and the ability to control the clock, time of possession, and keep chipping away uh, there at us, particularly in the first three quarters. So I'm disappointed. Uh, I think like anything, yeah, now that we have four games under our belt, you know, um, we, need to, we need to start games better. Uh, I think we need to you know, do a better job bringing our preparation to the, to the, to the performance, and, and that starts with me. Four weeks is a pattern, so this pattern needs to stop. And that starts with leadership. The only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys indeed? Just when you think the Cowboys are out of it, Dak Prescott miraculously pulls them back within striking distance. And if this defense wasn't legendarily bad, we might be talking about a 2-2, two and two, maybe a 3-2 and two Cowboys team right now. But instead, talking about a 1-3 and three Dallas Cowboys team who looks to salvage the season against former head coach, Jason Garrett and the New York Giants next week. But for now, it's time to talk about this game, this travesty against the Cleveland Browns. And to do so, we're going to welcome in the best of the best here at The Athletic. I'm Kent Garrison, producing as always, and excited to welcome in our panel. But before I do that, I need to remind you to cash in that dollar. Sign up for The Athletic over at theathletic.com slash about them cowboys. Bob Sturm's film breakdown this week is surely going to be worth your time. So go now. Sign up. TheAthletic.com slash About Them Cowboys, and we will see you there. But for now, it's time to welcome in three guys who all picked the Dallas Cowboys to win this game, which should lead to some good old-fashioned angry sports talk here on About Them Cowboys. So without further ado, the Athletic Saad Yusuf, Father John Mashoda, and host Kevin K.T. Turner. Welcome back, K.T. Let's do it. Yeah, well, here we go. All right, that's a... It's weird because you look at the rest of the division and you go, you know what? Really, we kind of just start this thing from scratch at 0-0 if we want to. Like, we could just ignore that these first four games ever happened. Because technically, you're going to be at the top of the division with, uh, you know, with 12 games left. But that was bad. Uh, And we talked in the preview podcast about how we knew what the Browns game plan was going to be. We knew, obviously, you had to stop. Miles Garrett, more on that later. But we knew what the Browns' game plan was going to be. We're going to find out finally for sure what this run defense is as well because we know what the pass defense is. What's the run defense? And um, I would say that they failed that test. And they would be um, maybe you know protesting to take that test again uh, later on down the ri- line. I, uh, 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 John, can you just kind of talk through the overall vibe watching that game up in the press box and uh, – the vibe of the stadium for that uh, 
truly disappointing defensive performance. I mean, a lot of similarities to the Atlanta game. You know, I mean, I still say, even though they came back and won that Atlanta game, the the beginning of that game, the first half of that game, that's as bad as I've ever seen the Cowboys play, which that dates me back to uh, 2011. So, you know, in a decade, that's about as bad as I've seen them play. I mean, they didn't deserve to win that game. So, of course, you know, there were some jokes in the press box about how many watermelon kicks it was going to take to get this game back. And, you know, uh, that's just what you do after a certain point because that's the thing. When you look at this defense, where, where, where are you getting any confidence it's going to change, where it's going to turn around? It's like the thing I just wrote off the game. I just got done, just filed them about to tweet it out. It's just I did my typical, like, game story on the top, and then underneath it I did what I think are the five biggest issues right now and the chances of them fixing them. And the defense is one of one of the, I think actually I have the defense is number one. And I don't know how anyone can feel confident that it's just going to get fixed. Like, will it look better? Sure, it can look better. I mean, adding Randy Gregory in a couple of weeks, that'll probably help. But like, it's not at a point where you're even like, ah, I've seen some growth from week one. I see where this thing is getting better. It's like, no, uh, maybe you see an area that got better from last week, but then you saw another area that you thought was solid is actually a lot worse. I mean, Everybody knew that the Browns wanted to run the football, and they have one of the best running backs in Nick Chubb. He carried it only six times and got a knee injury and never came back in the game, and they still ran for 300 yards. Like, whoever wanted it, whoever wanted to run it was like basically like, hey, if, hey, Rick, you want to run the ball in this play? You'll get seven or eight yards. I know you don't normally run. Just take, no, run. Seriously, go. And here's the thing, like, they still had a chance even late in the game when they, when they fought back and, the Cowboys had all the momentum in the last few minutes and they had a chance to get a stop. And then Odell Beckham's like, not only am I going to take this for a first down, I'm just going to take this right up the sideline, right in for a touchdown. It was just like, what's going, I mean, that's the thing that I like, like Odell Beckham, like, I guess if you only watch the Cowboys, the last time you saw him is with the Giants and you think, still think he's like one of the top two or three receivers in the league. But like, he hasn't done anything in a long time. And this guy like, he caught a, caught a touchdown pass from his good buddy Jarvis Landry, caught another touchdown pass, ran a reverse for a touchdown. I mean, it was just like it was like he was just a video game out there. Like, he just turned back the clock. And uh, uh, there's just – I'm sure we'll get into Dak, whether whatever people think it's his fault or whatever, which uh, we were just talking before it started, how laughable that is. But that that isn't even close to being on, on the issues that this team has right now. Almost all of them are on defense. Yeah, and and I think like John said, it's like you know one area gets better than the other one doesn't, and also it, to me, it's almost a play by play issue. I mean, every single play, there's almost something else that is something else that is wrong with this defense. On sometimes it's you know sometimes it's the tackling, other times it's the communication, other times it's the positioning. There's literally something wrong on every single play, and it's not like it carries over. It's not like you say, okay, you know what. We need to fix the tackling. That's it. We're all in position. We just need to finish the tackle. It's like, no, then you, you you make a good tackle, but it's 20 yards down the field because, you know, the positioning was wrong and the communication wasn't there. So it's something wrong every single every single time. And then, you know, uh, just when, when you have a defense that is not very talented, you also can't make stupid plays. And I thought the Jalen Smith, I know we're going to go through the game, but that Jalen Smith face mask just turned the game completely around. They were up fourteen to seven. They were they were maybe going to get a punt from Cleveland and get the ball back and have momentum. And and you know, I, I, again, we'll get into this, but at the same time, like you know, this is the kind of stuff that you can't do 
when you're already a subpar defense. And this, that's the problem with what the Cowboys are doing right now. Hey guys, real quick, I'm gonna do. A, we're gonna do a, a mock scenario right here. I'm gonna ask you guys. You guys, give me your, give me a, a really well thought out answer here. I'm gonna allow you to basically. We're gonna turn this into an expansion team here. Okay, on the defense, you can only keep five players. What five players from this defense are you keeping? Oh, that's a good one, John. I mean, okay, so clearly. Are we okay? Are we contracts in mind or no? <laughs> Everybody's uh, on the same deal. You're, that's that's right. Yeah, you're starting a new team. Everyone's on uh, an even deal. Who are the five no? I guys? think it's I think it gets even more difficult if you include contracts. So go ahead. Yeah, include contracts. Well, I say if t- I don't want Tank at that money, right? Tank is one, still one of your better defensive players. Agreed. I don't really have a problem with Tank's effort. You know, uh, right. I've, uh, Going to be some combination of Alden Smith. It's Alden Smith. Tank. Um, Trevon Diggs, <sighs> Joe <I'm> Thomas, <laughs> yeah, Joe Thomas. <laughs> and I mean, if you want to count the guys that are injured, I, I mean, okay. Kate, La- Leighton, I would keep Leighton, maybe Leighton, Leighton yeah. if he's healthy. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of this defensive line. Come on, we got to get to it's five. It's been so bad. You um, can keep one more player, guys. I, I don't know. Everyone else is a wash to me. Those are the four, though. <laughs> yeah, I'll wait, I don't know. I'll, I'll wait and see what Randy Gregory has. Um, <laughs> so you'd rather take a guy that hasn't played yet this season? <laughs> Cause, Cause, yeah, because of the unknown. You go, you take the unknown. Yeah, okay, <laughs> it's like so a lottery ticket. You? I think I'll go Alden Smith, Trayvon Diggs, um, Joe Thomas, Demarcus Lawrence, and um, man, you know, I think I'll take the flyer on Randy Gregory as well. I don't think there's, <laughs> I don't think there's anybody like Cheeto. Cheeto has been like you know he's been better this season in in some games in in some you know parts of games, but um, I think I'll still take my chance with Gregory. I just seen a lot of people on Twitter complaining about Mike Nolan, so that's why I brought this up because it's like yeah. I'm not going to sit here and tell you like Mike Nolan is the greatest defensive coordinator, but it's like you also got to factor in like let's look at some let's look at some of the ingredients he has to work with. Yeah, no one knows really enough about Mike Nolan. I mean, for for anyone to have that complaint about Mike Nolan, you just don't know enough about the guy yet. Um, you know, let's, let's let's wait and wait and see. Um, his track record is actually pretty good over time. Um, so I think I don't really know if we can start doing that yet. Uh, maybe if you're the Giants and you want to do that about Garrett, as you've only put up 47 points in four games, well, you've seen a lot of that. You know what that is. I don't know if we all know enough firsthand about what Mike Nolan's doing to just blame it on him. There's, there's not enough talent. It's not enough talent. Look, there's no better descriptive play. This is We'll run through it real quick. First of all, Cowboys get the ball, and then, uh, you know, Miles Garrett sack early in that first possession as they moved him over to left defensive end, and he dominates Terrence Steele, and he gets a big sack, and the Cowboys punt it. But the touchdown play where the Browns go up 7 nothing, there's not a better descriptive play of not having enough talent. Then an end-around play where Jarvis Landry throws it to Odell Beckham. And Odell Beckham runs a route where he's basically running a post-corner to the pylon. And Darian Thompson just can't turn his hips fast enough. And we saw this three or four times against Seattle last week. No offense to Darian Thompson. Good special teams player. Good role player. I like him every now and then down in the box if he's able to do that. I don't like him ever covering anyone because he's not good enough to do that. Let me mention one thing on that real quick, especially from where we're sitting in the press box. I also think he misplayed the ball because when it was happening, it's in the end zone closest to us. 
he like kind of cut forward. He took a step forward after the ball was already in the air, like almost like an, almost kind of like if you see like an outfielder, sometimes like a guy might, you know, lose a ball in the sun or something like that and kind of takes it and then it's like, oh, I need to get back. I need to get back. And then he like moves back like real quick to make up for that false step. That's what happened on that. It was like he, I, I'm sure it's because Jarvis Landry threw it and maybe just the way it came out of his hand, he probably like misjudged it, but it was like he was in pretty good coverage. And then all of a sudden he stepped forward, like kind of like, I'm going to go up there and make this inter. Oh, he's got a good arm. This is going over my head right now. And then he got taken out and then on the very next series. That was a rope by Jarvis Landry, though. Like, he threw that ball very aggressively. I guess, I guess Odell said after the game that they do it all the time in practice. And he's been on Stefanski for weeks about, like, come on. I guess it works every single time they run it in practice. Um, oh, this, real quick. This is the old uh, practice. The Dez, Dez to Witten play looked like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like almost uh, exactly like that. Speaking of practice, though, real quick, I want to add this in here, too. Zeke said after the game this past week <laughs> was the practices were crisp and maybe the best week of practice they've had all season. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, look. <laughs> Silver lining. <laughs> we practiced really well, guys, this week. You can build on that. Where's, that, where's Allen Iverson? <laughs> yeah. Even, even though he's – I, and y'all, you guys know know me, but even I at some point, this might have been forty one fourteen, or it might have been thirty eight fourteen, or whatever. But at some point, I was kind of looking at McCarthy, and I was like, "Man, I kind of feel sorry for him. Like, what's he supposed to do? How's he supposed to? How's he supposed to fix this?" You just okay, you, know? you just said forty one fourteen. I'm just like, what was this Clemson wake? I mean, like, I know, just the right? fact that even got to that. Yeah, but let me let me say this, KT. I, I I'm with you. I when it when it got out of hand. I was I, I kind of had the same thought process, but early on, I was really disappointed with McCarthy. Like, how do you not prepare for Miles Garrett being one on one with Terrence with Terrence Steele? Like, yeah. I mean, to me, that's a coaching decision. I'm not going to put that on the on this on, on this right tackle who's not even supposed to be out there, and you don't provide him any help, not once, but then even on the strip sack. Like, I mean, you're letting him beat you. And you're not putting him in his position to succeed. There's no Dalton Schultz chipping. There's no Zeke, who we just got done talking about last week, how great of a blocker he is. There's none of that. And to me, the beginning, that part, like those two plays that Miles Garrett made, those are coaching plays to me um, that I was disappointed with McCarthy in. Yeah, you know, Brandon Knight should have started that game. He's a better player than Terrence Steele. Uh, we know that. They would tell you that. If you had asked them, they would tell you that. And Joe Philbin is your offensive line coach, and he's a McCarthy guy. So I'm glad you said that, Zod. I, th- I, I absolutely agree with you. I couldn't believe that was happening either because I was like, well, this is – okay, it's interesting. Okay, Miles Garrett does move around a little bit. I mean, last week he played right defensive end, mostly against uh, Washington. But he moves around. It's fine. He kind of, you know, okay, well, I'll just line up against Terrence Still, Great. I'll take the tech guy uh, that's undrafted. That's easy, you know. So, you know, no, I totally agree with you. I, I really didn't understand why Brandon Knight didn't start the game. I didn't, I wasn't really, you know, and they ended up making the change. But um, I'm with you on that. You know, uh, to me, so it's 7 nothing. The Cowboys get the ball back. And then, uh, you know, nice little drive. Dak hits Schultz for a short pass, but he gets a little run after catch action. Doesn't do his best little Blake Jarwin impersonation, 25 yards. And then hit the bomb to CeeDee Lamb over the middle, 43 yards. Um, CeeDee Lamb with a really good route. I think we're seeing uh, very, very quickly, we're seeing how difficult he is to cover. I mean, opposing teams are going to have such a hard time keeping him in front of them. Oh, yeah. If you get any time from this offensive line, like that, those are the. When Dak's been waiting back there and gotten 
any type of, of protection and he's got time for the guys to make some moves, you can't, you can't defend all these receivers if, if Dak has time. You know, I mean, it's hard enough to defend all these receivers when Dak doesn't have time and, and scrambles out. But, like, in the plays when he got to sit back there and, and get that extra second and, and allow them to just create a little bit more separation, oh, yeah, no, it was, I mean, and I don't know it's going to be like that every week, but today particularly it was like if Dak had time, he was going to tear this. He was going to tear the secondary up, and it's hard to sit there and say he didn't. It wasn't the same case these past couple of weeks with him throwing for over 450 yards now for the third straight week. Yeah, and you know the Cowboys didn't get the ball back. They kind of attacked the middle of the field. There's a lot of slant routes. Hit Amari Cooper again. Amari Cooper, a good day, 12 catches. I mean, he's really been awesome all four games this year. Then uh, Lamb makes this catch on a ball that should have been intercepted. Is deflected. He kind of makes a catch and saves it over the middle. Trying to hit a, a tight window and deck. Dak, um, you know, we've seen him be careful with the ball of the early part of his career. It did feel like today there's few interceptable passes that he threw that were just kind of trying to have the confidence to go make a throw and squeeze it into tight windows. And then that I can say the same thing about that when he hit Amari Cooper on fourth and two. They decided to go for it at the 20-yard line. Hits Amari Cooper, and Sendejo comes over and hits the cornerback instead of Amari Cooper, and it's a 14-7 Cowboys lead as Dak threads the, the needle to Amari. So, Things are looking good headed towards the second quarter. Hey, I don't want to get this totally off the tracks, but it just made me think of this since you've watched, obviously, a lot of the Packers. Um, I always think of just my time watching Aaron Rodgers that he throws a lot of throws like that. Yeah, he does. But the flip side of it is, and then obviously watching the Lions, Matt, Matt Stafford throws a lot of throws like that. But but going back to the Packers, because it just fits perfectly with McCarthy and that. In your time watching them with McCarthy, with Aaron Rodgers' as quarterback, did the Packers ever have a defense that you thought was as bad as this defense? They've had some really bad defenses, man. They've had some really, really bad defenses. And it's, I mean, you go look up uh, the box scores of some of Aaron Rodgers' playoff losses over the years. You'll Cardinal. see some 40 to 50. I mean, this is kind of a McCarthy yeah. formula. Throw it a lot, you know, which I'm personally okay with, especially if your running back's going to fumble every game. I've got no problem. I've had no problem with him getting fewer touches. That's where reason, I'm at at this point. The reason I just asked was because of the fact that maybe it's it fits with Rodgers more because they had at least decent defenses. Obviously, they had a good defense the year they won the Super Bowl. Um, but I just – it's almost like you're just like – They got turnovers. This team yeah, is that's still what I'm saying. Like That's what I'm saying. Like – like yeah. when you take those risky throws with this team, it's like normally it would be fine on other teams because you're like, yeah, you take the good with the bad, whatever. But with this team, it's like, hey, guys, we can't have one turnover all season or we'll lose that game. Like we <laughs> have to take care of the ball perfectly all game long. We cannot have one turnover. Now, obviously, we're going to get in there. We're back-to-back turnovers, second, second consecutive game. Not great. But still, I'm just saying, like, I just feel like, when you're watching these games, if you've watched all four Cowboys games this season, I feel like more so than at any other time, you're like, if there's a turnover, everything could fall apart because this offense needs to be completely flawless for them to get a lead. Yeah, I agree. And it's also, it's almost not even just turnovers. It's like, I almost feel like whenever they have to punt, it just feels like a gut check because it's like, that's a lost possession if you don't get any points. I mean, you know, you almost feel like you have to score in every possession. And, um, you know, one, one other thing that kind of relates to what you were talking about, John, with the with the Packers example, at least with the Packers, when you think about some of those defenses, 
I mean, you know, I don't even have to think too hard and think of Clay Matthews or Charles Woodson or there's at least one guy that that comes to mind. And like right now, that they could have they could they could have used prime BJ Raji today. Sorry. Go oh, on. yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, right now, the one guy that comes to mind is a guy that hadn't played in five years. I mean, yeah. that's the only guy. This this is what sucks too, because once you've paid Demarcus Lawrence again, Demarcus Lawrence still one of their better run players. You you paid him game changer money, and you're not getting game changing production out of him, and that's where it hurts. Quite frankly, you paid Zeke game changing money at running back, and you're not getting game changing production out of him, and that's where you start having issues. To me, that that becomes quite a bit of a problem. Uh, if this team w- wanted to play, uh, I mean, look, uh, I'm going to be harsh on Zeke. The fumble, that, and I know we've already harped on it a little bit, you can't do that. You just can't do that. You're almost down or whatever. You have got to protect the ball. And it wasn't like he had a thing, like, coming out of college, he was a good back, he didn't fumble a lot. I don't really remember fumbling issues in his first couple of years. Well, I'll say one sudden, thing, he doesn't ever change hands. He always keeps it in the yeah. same hand. Um because he had a wrist issue where he yeah. needs to have surgery and he just has put it off because he doesn't feel like having the surgery. So he wears like a, a guard on it. So I, I'm sure teams know, hey, he's always going to have the ball in this hand. That's how he's always been. I, I'm pretty sure Emmett did the same thing, you know. But and, yeah. and, and like you said, though, Zeke hasn't had really fumbling issues up to this. And But I agree with you 100%, man. You just can't. Like the running game has to be the sure thing more than ever that it's like even if you only get two or three yards, it's fine. But hang on to the ball because we need to keep running the clock and we need we need to basically show the run look to continue to keep the, the defense honest so we can continue to throw all over the place. But a turnover like that from the run game, that's the last – and that was on, may, I would argue, maybe his best run this season too. Like yeah. where you're just like, wow, okay, now this thing's popping. And then you have that and you're just like, man, what a, what a swing and, and, and what it had the impact on the entire game. And you're double penalized. You're double penalized. The turnover hurts, right? Well, it's a double uh, swing when you can't stop anybody. And and Dak, too. I mean, look, uh, there's a couple of times where Dak's got to get rid of the ball. Dak can't just stand in the pocket. Like, uh, I, he's the last guy I will be critical of today. Dak's fine. But we have seen him have ball security issues over the last couple of years, just like we have with Zeke. That crap's got to stop. You're negative seven in turnovers right now. That's last in the league. Uh, I think the Eagles have negative seven as well, and they're uh, you know playing San Francisco. So like I, I just uh, th- that you can't do that if you're not going to get any. If you're not going to get any, then you can't. Uh, it's the old thing of like, uh, hey man, treat people the way you want to be treated. Hey man, well you can't treat people poorly and not expect to get treated poorly. Like dude, if you get a turnover every once in a while, hey things might you may be able to every once. Oh, I threw an interception. I took a risk in double coverage. Ah. Uh, Oh, Zeke, behave. he fumbled it. It happens. He's been great. It happens. No, can't do that anymore. Wentz threw an interception. Wentz threw an interception. They took the lead back. The Eagles now have the turnover margin lead again. Sorry. Okay, back to negative eight now? Yes. Gosh, that <laughs> is great. And that is the NFC East. The winner of the NFC East is who has the fewest turnovers. What is uh, the least amount of wins you think a team could have to win the NFC East this year? Dude, I think <laughs> just in. yeah, just beat the teams in the <laughs> NFC East. Yeah, six and ten, and but five and one in the division. <laughs> I will tell you right now, 
Six and ten would be great to go in the playoffs with because you are so playing with house money. Whoever it is that goes in there at six and ten, I think they have a decent chance of winning that first game because all all of the odds would be against them to pull that off. Because you're going to be six and ten playing a team that's, you know, ten eleven wins. I would think. Yeah. So so I, like I know that John, you're at the, in the press box watching the game. Just uh, for full disclosure, when I watch the game, I sit on my couch, but I have my laptop up and I take notes, observations, whatever, something funny was said on the broadcast, or whatever. Think about the game, see something, type it up. At halftime of this game, when it was thirty-one fourteen, so I pulled out my computer. We're start the second half again, and the Browns scored to make it thirty-eight fourteen. I said, "Screw it, I, we're not." So my question is. I got a feeling after last week's game, I was still kind of in the vibes of, well, they were probably going to lose to Seattle anyways, but the fact that they kept it close and you know, maybe this defense will come around, you know, maybe once you get the, once the, the injured guys back, you know, maybe they got a chance. I, I think my question for, for the three of you is, how bad can this get? Because today was a wake-up call in the world of, you know what, this may be way worse than I even imagined it could be. Well, I will say this: the one thing I didn't want to I didn't want to speak into existence because uh, I just didn't want to bring the the bad karma in. Is when I was watching that game, I was like, "Well, the only thing the worst can happen now is a major injury to, to a key player," you know. And so they were able to avoid that. Um, Joe Looney uh, sprained his knee, so that's the one injury to come out of that game. He's going to be evaluated tomorrow. Um, but um, outside of that, if they don't suffer any more losses on the offensive line. And they stay healthy, Dak, Zeke, and those receivers, they'll be in almost every game this season. Now, when I say every game, I mean, like, I'm not saying that they're, they're going to win every game or they're going to have a chance to win every game, but, like, they're going to keep almost every game interesting because it just, when they go down like they did, I mean, 41-14, it's just like, oh, well, Dak's about to throw for a gazillion yards right now because that's all they're going to be doing is the quick, and now that you've, seen Cedric Wilson emerge and, and Noah Brown's been solid and Dalton Schultz has gotten better. It seems like, especially in the passing game um, because of that. And then just the style of the way the NFL is right now, where I just feel like every single year steadily, it becomes more and more like the college game to a certain extent. Um, I just kind of think they're going to be in almost every game. And, um, but I also think because of that defense, I, you know, like next week you'd think, or against the, Washington, you'd think that maybe there'll be a game where they get a blowout win. Like, I also don't know that they're going to blow anybody out. I think everyone else is going to kind of have be able to score some points against. I mean, I did the Browns uh, podcast here with Zach Jackson uh, this past week, and I was just telling him, I was like, don't be surprised if Baker Mayfield throws for 300 yards. I know he hasn't done it since like it was like week eight or nine last season. I'm like, but like any, you can go off against this team. They just chose to do it with 300 rushing yards, but like, like. Anybody can kind of find their their footing. I mean, believe me, watching the Lions, I'm I'm so used to the oh the Bears have found their quarterback. Look what Trubisky did against the Lions. You know the the Jets found their quarterback. Look what Darnold did against the Lions. Uh, you might want to consider the team that they played before you you, you know you think you got your guy yet. So uh, I just I I think that they're gonna I think what we saw today could be very similar going forward. Yeah, but also to to go off of John's point. That's not necessarily a good thing to be in every game because, um, you know, of course you want to be in every game. But my point is this stat literally from today, uh, and this is going to add some salt to John's wound here. um, The Lions have now lost six consecutive games in which they led by 10 or more points. 
So the Lions are literally not just in every game. They're leading by double digits in every game and losing every single one of them. So, you know, it's great to be in these games. But, but like, you know, look, the Cowboys are 1-3 and three right now. The Lions have lost six straight dating back to last season in games they've led by 10 or more. So you've got to be able to do more than just be in the games now. See, you know what the problem is with that is that, see, like, the Cowboys' defense is bad, but th- that's because they have an offensive coach. See, the Lions, they're – oh, their defense is bad, and they have a defensive coach. Okay, sorry, my bad. Compl- I, I, do, they, do they play that Patriots defense over there yet? A couple more years. Matt will get there. Matt will get there. Sorry, go on. So uh, I will say this, and I'm not uh, making excuses at all, but I do want to be as fair as possible or at least lay it down that we, so we all know it's there. When you are out with Anthony Brown and uh, out with Cheeto, so you're losing, you know, guys who you came into the season as two of your top three corners, and you're losing your best linebacker, you know, that does make it a little more difficult. I, I thought Everson Griffin was going to be giving us a little more, and he he was a big problem today. Um, along, I mean, they, they had so many issues setting the edge and stopping the run. I, I mean, Cleveland... I mean, you can do the average. I think they were seven uh, seven point seven yards per carry, but like it legitimately felt like they were going to get ten yards a carry if they handed the ball off. It was easy money, and there were missed tackles, but there were gaps to go through all over the place. I mean, it was really disconcerting to know that they were going to do that, to know that they were going to run on you, and then kind of look at this game as a measuring stick game for your run defense to finally place it, face a team that really wants to run it. And then for them to do that to you made me go, oh, my God, there's no hope here on defense. Oh, you know, there's a possibility for what the season could look like. Last year's Tampa Bay Bucks, they started like two and six and ended up going seven and nine, which I think we would all agree might win the division. But anyway, um, now they did have some better playmakers on defense. But I think the trade-off is, is that while Jameis played YOLO ball, he was 33 touchdowns to 31 interceptions, where I don't think Dak will interceptions will get on the level that Jameis was getting. Now, Jameis threw over 5,000 yards, which I don't see how Dak doesn't do that this year as long as he's – I mean, if he plays 16 games, Dak's throwing over 5,000 yards. I mean, right now he's on pace for like 6,700 yards, so uh, which would be a single-season record. But anyway, no, um, by a lot. But no, uh, uh, that team right there is a team that like – if you want to talk about a team that played that kind of style where they're going to put up a lot of points, throw the ball a lot, and like I said, they finished 7-9 and nine, um Hey, real quick. I, again, I hate I hate doing this, but I feel like it's it's a good time for this. What uh, what would you guys project right now as their win total for the season? See, this is where. This Wait, is where <clears throat> what do you what does Vegas say, or what do we what do we think it's going to be? What do you think? I don't know what Vegas says right now, so mm, I'm just interested. Okay. What you what you? Oh think. man! And plus, I hate using Vegas with Cowboys because it's yeah, always you're right. turned towards I, I the I just Cowboys. didn't know if there were projections right now. No, of I don't where know. They were no, no, no. Okay. All so, right. Um, yeah, go ahead, KT. Well, looking at their next four games, this total, Th- thank next God they games. play the uh, Giants, Washington football team, and Eagles in three of their next four. I mean, that, they got to be thinking they're lucky stars that they have somewhat of a chance looking at this to pull themselves out of a hole when it comes to the schedule. <laughs> And the Cardinals were garbage against the Panthers today. I think yeah. I may feel way differently about the Cardinals than I did, but I also don't feel good about uh, this defense stopping uh, Hopkins and Christian Kirk and Kyler Murray and Kenyon Drake and the gang. But these these next four games are huge. I can't see how anyone who's watched this team through four weeks 
would reasonably go, this team is going to go win more games than they have left. I think six of their last 12. I know I'm riding the fence down the middle. I think this is a seven and nine football team. Yeah, I'll go eight and eight. Yeah, I was going to say eight and eight. Yeah. Yeah. So you think they're going to win the majority of their remaining games? Yeah, because yeah, they haven't played anybody in their division yet. You know what? Ask me after next week's game because yeah, I mean, the Giants hung in there with, with the Rams today, but that game was brutal to watch. Um, I mean, there's some really bad throws and some bad football being played in that game. That Giants offense is ridiculous. If this defense cannot shut that down or at yeah. least hold that thing to under 20 or 24 points, the only teams. Gosh. The only teams that, historical. that really scare me on their schedule left, I mean, you've got Baltimore, and you've got uh, San Francisco, um, but the rest, I mean, you've got Cincinnati, who knows what they'll be later in the year, But even Pittsburgh. San Francisco, like, is, San Francisco's beat up, too. Right. You know? I mean, that's what I mean. Uh, you don't know what they're going to be in uh, late December. You've got Minnesota, who God knows what they'll be in, in late, in late right. uh, November. But then the rest are all division games, and we, we kind of know what those teams are. So as bad as it looks at one and three, it's certainly not over for the Cowboys. But what are the Browns? I mean, they beat Washington and they beat Cincinnati. That's it. They got they got their uh, – they got murdered by Baltimore in week one. Like what are the Browns? You, uh, you The Browns – I don't think the Browns are going to be a good team. I don't think they're going to be a – you know, maybe with the seventh, maybe they sneak in a wild card. I don't think the Browns are some ten and six, eleven and five machine. I think that's a team who's fighting to get to eight and eight. I mean, this is a- I am kind of surprised oh. why they haven't been better, though, man. Like when you have a, a guy like Miles Garrett, who could arguably be the best pass rusher in the game, they have some okay pieces on defense, and then an offense like. I mean, they've invested on, on, in that team. Like, they've invested to win now. So That I offensive know. line is solid. It, yeah. I hated to see Nick Chubb get hurt for them today. Uh, that looked like it's probably going to be really bad. I don't think the official news is out on that. And it, you just hate to see Nick Chubb uh, go down. You know, I, I just, Ten Odell win Beckham, team, maybe? Ten wins for the Browns? Eleven? Ten? Nine? Eight? I just need to go see him beat a good team first. Oh, they you know? did today, KT. No, they didn't. <laughs> I mean, look. They beat the, I, I, the I, NFC champion uh, 2020 Dallas Cowboys, most likely. Where's the measuring stick game for the Browns? Okay, the Browns <laughs> get the Colts. They get the Colts and the Steelers the next two weeks. Two decent teams who I would argue are better than the Cowboys right now. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I wish I had more um, optimism, but I, I don't know what to say. Look, you came back. Well... Yeah, okay. We knew you could you could get points. I mean, if you don't turn the ball over those two times, maybe this is a, a heavyweight fight and you're exchanging blows with them all the way down to the finish line. But a combination of those two turnovers and then, you know, they get the ball out of the half. I mean, it was very quickly a three-possession game and you didn't have a chance anymore. Hey, I don't know. I didn't get to watch much of the TV copy, but I don't know how much they showed Jerry, but I kept an eye on them with my binoculars quite often. And you want to talk about a lot of hello darkness my old friend moments i mean i don't know that i've ever seen him sit by himself and just off and like staring like usually he's surrounded by like steven a couple other people like will mcclay stuff like that and this game i mean he was all by himself steven went over there a couple times but i mean just kind of a blank stare i mean i don't know i i don't know that any 
of us are more surprised by this outcome than he was. At least that's the way he looked, and that's why I was wondering if they had showed him on TV at, at all. He was noticeably vacant on the yeah. on the TV broadcast. I noticed and actually wrote it down on my notes that I'm not seeing a lot of Jerry today. So I don't know if that was just yeah. I was going to say Fox, they didn't Fox really show him much at all. Yeah, that was Fox's. And it was super easy to find him because while there was a little over twenty five thousand in there. Um, it still is like, you know, maybe, I don't know, around about 30%, you know, and where his suites at, like, you know, they're not packing out those suites. So it's not that difficult to find people in those suites. And so he's on the opposite side of where the press box is, but, and he was sitting like all by himself that made it even easier to find him. And obviously he had a, he had a mask on too, but, uh, yeah, I, it, let me put it this way. This more than any other, well, I take that back. The Falcons game would have been good too, but I really wish that it was like previous years where we got Jerry after the game because I'd like to hear what he had to say about this one and how things went, you know. Yeah, it is it's like we have to wait until Tuesday morning to kind of hear from him most likely. And I, I, I think that was the Fox. It was their number two broadcast. But it was really their number one broadcast for the weekend because Joe and Troy were off today. They did the Thursday night game. And sometimes, you know, you know, they have fewer resources for the broadcast. But, yeah, there was no Jerry. And usually they go out of their way to show as much Jerry as possible. Um, I, I do think, you know, the starting of the game, uh, you know, uh, Saad brought up a good point. Like, starting with Terrence Steele, even though we kind of all know that Brandon Knight's better, not making that adjustment quick enough. But, you know, you were able to, you were able to still play with them, but – that is one thing you kind of go, man, when are we going to start a game and get ahead? And you were ahead 14-7, and that's where I want to go back to Sod's point earlier. That Jalen Smith face mask was such a critical play in this game um, because it did extend that Browns drive. And then the Browns were able to really this – this shows another talent thing. It's They've got the ball at the four-yard line. And Daryl Worley and Odell Beckham are matched up one-on-one. Now look, Odell I like Beckham. That oh, God, I, I was like about to say – Man, I mean, you talk about personnel and you look up at the Cowboys defense and it might be a discussion for later in the week, but like when Jerry's looking at this Cowboys defense, it just cracks me up that he's like, no, we're good. We don't need Earl Thomas or uh, Jamal Adams or anybody. At, you know, we're good. Like they look at this defense and they look at it on paper and say, we've got the pieces to win a championship. I just don't understand. Like when you, I will say that's what your matchup first- was. Daryl Worley versus Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> today was the first time that I said to some other reporters that I don't even think that even adding Earl Thomas matters that much right now. No, I'm, I'm just I saying it's, it's like the so principle of the thing. That. Like, even if they added him, I'd be like, okay, that's a nice piece or whatever. But I, it's not, it's certainly not to the level where I'm like, okay, that fixes, that fixes a major hole there. They should at least be middle of the pack now. They're so bad. Let's not even try to fix it. See, I think he wants Earl, though. I think I think it's the whole thing is like with Earl is a whole different thing. I feel like that that was maybe a McCarthy, uh, Will McClay, but, but specifically a McCarthy thing. McCarthy didn't want any, you know, didn't want to bring in a bunch of um, guys who might shake up the room. I guess I would say, and I don't know, man. And, and Green Bay, he had some personnel power, but it really was Ted Thompson, the GM, kind of running heard over all of that stuff yeah that's that's all that's all great when we don't want to ruin the vibe in the room when you're winning football games 
<laughs> you, the, you know, the, like what what about this defense? Have they seen that they that makes them think they don't need more playmakers on this defense? I just don't I don't get the the logic there of we're good, we're going to roll with the guys we have because it's not working. Did y'all ever question the effort of the defense today? Oh man, I you look at that last play and and it's not effort. Uh, but Jalen Smith on that last Odell Beckham touchdown just got absolutely torched. Absolutely worst angle, couldn't catch up to him, and finally did in the end zone. And uh, you know it's not it's not a lack of effort. You, you know you talk about uh, what's his name missing the tackle on Odell in the first place, but um, no, I, I don't. I just don't. I just think that they know they don't have the horses, <laughs> and they're doing I- all they can. I'm going to I'm I'm going to disagree a little because uh, I looked at that same play with with the Odell Beckham Jr run and and I and I said this on Twitter where I said, you know, I can't wait to see the all 22 on this play because because if you just look at the TV broadcast and a couple of the angles that they show, I mean, just look at the defensive linemen and the linebackers on the opposite side where Odell came from and just I mean, I mean, I I understand you guys, you're, you're big guys. You're not really going to catch Odell, but you have to still, you know, go all out for a cutback or for something if he gets stood up. And you just saw all those defensive linemen and linebackers just kind of jogging and and like, I mean, it. And and I'm with Kent. The angles were horrible on that play, not just for Jalen, but you look at Joe Thomas, Trayvon Diggs. You look down the road, the angles were awful. But I did question the effort of of just you know hauling ass a little bit um, at, at different parts of uh, – I don't think it's a consistent issue, but I do think there are some plays where it just pops up. Now, if it's if it's that, you know, you're just so tired, that, that could be one thing. But it's not like Baker Mayfield's running a Peyton Manning up-tempo offense exactly. So I, I don't really know what, what your excuse would be. But I do think there were a couple of plays where it was a little glaring. You know, one thing that McCarthy pointed out too was that the you know, obviously the turnover ratio, the the amount of points they're giving up. But he said the time of possession is totally lopsided. I I don't you know when Dak's cooking like he is, I don't have a problem with him. I, I would prefer him not throw it sixty times a game, but I got no problem with Dak throwing the ball forty times a game, forty to fifty times a game. I mean, I think that's a more efficient way to get points. And we saw that you know on their second uh, touchdown drive of the game. They got, uh, you know, they had the ball for for a good portion of the quarter. In fact, I think we were going to the to the uh, second quarter. No, sorry, sorry, it was the nine play, eighty four yard drive. This is the Cowboys' third offensive drive. Uh, it's where they took the fourteen to seven lead. But all, all of that was primarily, you know, through the air, and you had the ball for a good point, good portion of the game, um, or, or a good portion of the quarter, and then. You know, you give it right back, uh, give it back to them. And like I said, they're going, well, you can kind of, you know, own time of possession a little bit the way they were doing it through the air. Of course you want a little more action in your run game. Of course you don't want Dak throwing the ball 60 times. Uh, but I'm wondering, we've seen, and, and it's almost like a thing that you hear like old school football guys. Like, for instance, you heard Jimmy Johnson say it on the Fox pregame show today. And you heard Moose talk about it a little bit in the broadcast. Some of the old school football guys just say, look, the Cowboys have got to run the ball 25 times a game. And they've got to get the time possession. I don't know if I agree with, with that number. But where are you guys on that in terms of do they need to be a little more balanced offensively? Uh, I know defense is the problem, but we can talk about the offense being a little more efficient as well. Where, where are you stand on that, John? 
I'm all in on them running the ball more to because of the time of possession. That's like the one thing that I know everyone hated about Garrett, that he always tried to keep it balanced. Um, and and now I will say that Dak, I think, is has gotten even better, and the weapons around him are even better, so it lends itself even more to the passing game now. But I still, going into the season, just because I knew how bad the defense was, and I knew the defense wasn't going to get any turnovers, and it was going to be long drives, I was like, they need to run clock on offense. Yeah, and I then think- these hold on, and then these last two weeks happened, and Zeke couldn't hold on to the ball, and that changed my way of thinking on that. I was like, well, I want to run the ball because I want to possess the ball and control clock, and and I even like running the ball with Mike McCarthy because I know he's more likely to go for it on fourth down, and so if it's close, obviously, and so I felt like you could still move the chains by mixing some runs in there. It doesn't necessarily have to always be on first down, which was getting kind of old early on, but. Now with Zeke fumbling and, and having those issues, you're just kind of like, all right, I don't even know if that's a better thing. Right now, it seems like with the way Dak is playing, it is better to stick with the passing game. So I, I can be it, – it's to me, it's it's like it was about that, that two-point conversion discussion in the Atlanta game. I, I don't really – I can't really say one side or the other right now just because of the what's being presented to me. I can see really good arguments for both sides. Yeah, I think for me, it's not so much that I want to see a balance of run pass. It, it's it's more uh, I'll go more of what with with what uh, John specified as far as you know having an air raid versus you know controlling clock and possession and things like that. You can control clock and possession without running the ball. You know, get, have a better have a better West Coast offense, short passing game type thing. Um, uh, you know, incorporate and be more efficient with your screens a little bit. Um, have, have, have better ways that you can do that. And you don't necessarily have to run the ball in order to do those things. So I think, you know, yeah, I I would like to see them mix it up. Look, we saw, I I think it was in the Rams game. I think we saw one play where CD lamb started in the backfield. I, I, I don't know where that package went or what happened there, but you know, mix things up a little bit. And I think, yeah, I, I would like to see a balance in, more of like, you know, I don't, I don't want to see them air it out 50 yards every single play. Like, that doesn't need to happen. But I think that, you know, you can you can balance it without necessarily having to do run pass. And so I think the Cowboys can't do that. They have the personnel to do that. They have the quarterback to do that, where if you give him the run pass option, he can make a good decision. Remember, when we got down at the end of that Falcons game and those uh, that C.D. Lamb catch there at the on the left sideline, that was a run pass option that Dak made a really good decision on. So I think, you know, if you're going to run the ball, if you want to run the ball, I would leave it up to Dak and just let him make that decision. Yeah, you know, I would love for Ezekiel Elliott to be more involved. And, you know, you talk about Jason Garrett, John, of somehow, some way, to quote him, well, we need to get Zeke involved in this game and just keep feeding him the rock. And you think in the second half, maybe he gets some kind of groove like uh, he used to do. But something I, I hadn't seen from this coaching staff that I expected a little bit more was getting Dak involved in the running game. Um, we haven't seen that much. Maybe maybe work Dak a little bit more in this running game, maybe make him more of a threat in the running game. So, um, you know, you can rely on him and Zeke. Maybe that opens up a little bit more in the passing game. Maybe the play action game opens up a little bit more for you. So, not only do they need to get Zeke going, which is obvious, but I'd like to see them try and get Dak a little bit more involved in the running game, and maybe that uh, helps things. I think that's a good point. And all, Dak also Tony Pollard. I mean, we saw him mm-hmm. give Tony Pollard uh, three run plays. I think Tony Pollard might be wearing out his welcome at some point with his poor decision makings uh, on special teams. Um, you know, like, real quick on Zeke, though, I mean, Zeke got 20 touches today. 
So, you know, there's a lot of people go, we got to get Zeke 20 touches a game or whatever. Well, Zeke got his 20 touches and he didn't change the game at all, except in a negative way for this team. No. Yeah, and I think I think also w- when you have a guy like Zeke with that contract, it, I feel like you know we always say the NFL is a business and things like that. You almost feel like you made this big investment. You have to find a way to get him the ball, even if it's not in your best interest a- as a team. And I know coaches say we're going to do whatever it takes to win. I think Bill Belichick does that. I don't think every coach does that, though. I think you look at Zeke and say, look, we have a $90 million guy. We're not going to let him sit on the bench. Um, even if it is probably better that we air it out and, and let it let it ride with C.D. Lamb and Amari and Gallup and Cedric Wilson, who has probably been as productive, in, in, as positive of a result for the Cowboys as Zeke has. I mean, this season, if you're, if you're talking about it, Cedric Wilson has popped off on the screen quite a few times this season. I don't know that Zeke has done that except for his fumbles. So, you know, I think, you know, you look at the investment and I think that probably has something to do with it as well. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. We're going a little off script today because today's game was, uh, I will put it in one word, garbage. Um, this is the About Them Cowboys Moment of Truth segment. So, Hey, what uh, would guy- you rather watch again, this game or that debate? Um, the game. <laughs> God, well, putting it on the spot, man. Well, I just left it out. I didn't say anybody's name. I didn't want to back anybody in a corner. I just wanted. They're to kind it of there. similar. Is that we know that there's going to be more. Well, there may not be more on one one side of it. I guess. Um, well, okay, hold on. So this is the, a new segment called the Athletics About Them Cowboys Moment of Truth. 
I'm going to ask you guys a question. I want you guys to be 100% honest with me, okay? Okay, and on the count of three, I want you all to say the answer. The answers are yes or no, okay? Those are your choices. At noon today, did you know who Dearness Johnson was? No. No. Yeah, me neither. And they kept saying his name on the broadcast, and I was like, I just don't even know what they're – are they Darnest? Darnest? Dearness? And then, uh, oh, no, no, he's the guy that our defense can't tackle. He's the one. He had seven yards of carry, 13 carries for 95 yards. We know Kareem Hunt's good. I, I just – it's. I mean, it's all about that, that is a good Browns offensive line. I mean, four of those five guys are really excellent and maybe maybe a, a potentially for all five of those guys. Yeah. So be like Pro Bowl caliber dudes. And Bill Callahan doing a really good job there, man. I, I didn't know he was um, – You're right. Yeah, he was kind of leading the offensive line and that, that thing – um, maybe I would have p- been more confident on picking the Browns going into this thing because, yeah, man, he's a uh, running game Jesus is what they called him uh, when he was in Dallas. I remember the night that he got fired and uh, he was uh, I was walking into Valley Ranch to begin to watch some tape and he was taking his boxes out to his car. And uh, it was one of those things where you're like, hey, Bill, thank you for your time here, <laughs> even though you don't know him and you know that he doesn't know you. And he yeah. was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, he answered it like a guy who had just been fired. Um, so I, I guess what I would say here, Wait, guys, you is, said thank you for your time here? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah, I mean, look. He was, probably thought you were Jerry's grandson or something. Uh, Valley Ranch was a different time. I think him and um, Jason Garrett, a, it, like, it was a great like despised each other on a lot of levels. Yeah. Surprised Absolutely. that, like, didn't try to bring him back in some capacity once they knew Garrett was, maybe it was a McCarthy thing, but, but probably. yeah. Probably. Um, so... It, you know, we're almost out of time, KT, and I want to make sure we get one thing in here. Um, yes, sir. You know, John had teased it off the top. About the debate? <laughs> no, Sorry. no, We maybe another time. Um, you know, saw you John, up, man? KT, I know you guys are very active in, on Cowboys Twitter and things like that. You know, you talk about after this game uh, that your mentions were kind of flooded with Dak hate. And, oh, he threw that pick at the end. Um, this is all on Dak. I just want to make sure we get that that talk in because I just don't think anyone who's watched this team can say that it's on Dak. I mean, let's just think. Let's just think. If Dak was Joe Burrow, right? How excited would we be about the future of the, this team with the quarterback that we have? Oh my God, he threw for five hundred something yards. We were always in it. We were down forty-one fourteen in the fourth quarter, and we still had a chance. Like we would be effing losing our minds. And I just don't understand. I guess the perspective of oh, this is Dak, so I hate him. I, I just don't. I, there's such a bias against him, and it pisses me off. I when I just posted my story on Twitter, the first comment I got was, Dak needs to be better on defense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's all he can do, right? <laughs> I think I think for, I think for with Dak, I think the, the problem is that, you know, he took over for a guy who was at the top of his game when he with the last we saw of him in Tony Romo. The last we saw of Tony Romo was really 2014. He was out for all of 2015. Um, and so I think, you know, the reason why, and, and I, and it's weird to me because I didn't really, I grew up on Tony Romo and I never really got the feel that Tony Romo was really any like, you know, overly appreciated quarterback or anything like that in Dallas either. I felt like he got ripped a lot too, but Tony Romo 
came after a huge quarterback carousel of Vinny Testaverde, Drew Bledsoe, Chad Hutchinson, and 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 Drew Henson, and all these guys. And so you were just thankful to have Romo, right? I mean, I mean, you had a little thing there with Quincy Carter, but really you had nothing since Troy Aikman. And I think you know what with Tony playing so well in 2014, I think you know, and and then I think 2016 kind of divided the fan base a little bit. Um, where they're like, you know, when Tony's healthy, bring him back. And this is just a long way of me saying that I think some people are just still holding that grudge for whatever reason. They can't get past the fact that when Romo got healthy in 2016, they, they act like it was Dak who took his job, which, yeah, he did with his play, but Dak didn't decide that Romo's not going to play anymore. That was the coaching staff. And so I just think that's what the fan base can't get over. You know, I've learned that if I don't say anything pro Dak on my Twitter, then I won't get any comments. So, uh, because it, uh, you know, I, I've fought fought hard for Dak. I've thought it's, I think it's a travesty that they messed up and didn't give him a, a long term contract. Personally, I do think it's kind of crazy that he's playing on a franchise tag with all guaranteed money and eating up that much of your cap. Um, you know, I dangled out a tweet earlier about. You know, after week one, man, maybe the Cowboys should have offered Alden Smith a three-year, $24 million deal. I, know, I realize that's hindsight, but there was one team in the league that signed him, and there was one team in the league that was raving about him after training camp. And then a lot of those go, well, your quarterback's going to get $40 million. You're not going to have cap room to get out to sign Alden Smith. And I'm like, well, look, your quarterback didn't have to eat all up that cap, uh, cap room. He does if you're going to franchise him. He has to eat up all that cap room with 100% guaranteed money. So maybe uh, there's some organizational flaws about this thing that we hardly ever talk about after these day in and day out, uh, you know, game recaps, you know, right after a game when they lose. We hardly ever talk about the organizational problems. Why weren't they more prepared for this defensively? I don't know, man. Well, it's uh, that's very frustrating. And uh, maybe you want to get a new coach. You want to stay out of the new coach's way and want to let him do his thing. But uh, it's not looking great. And I I ain't saying I want Garrett back. Trust me, I don't. It uh, sounds things, like that's what you're saying. Things are not going well, but I know that I cannot wait for next week's McCarthy versus Garrett Bowl, <laughs> even though Joe Judge is the head coach of that team. All I could think of was Jason Garrett with his head uh, out of that train. Is he? Uh, they ride a train into town, and he's swaying outside, just kind of smiling. Looking I took at his that old picture. Home. I know you did. I know you did, allegedly. I love it. Uh, it's one of my favorites. I think Getty Images has a copyright on it. Uh, I will say this: Kent Garrison a- on our on our season picks, <laughs> uh, season predictions here. Kent Garrison four and zero. The only Stop. guy to pick the Browns this week. That's true. I knew he picked that Browns, but wow, <laughs> wow. Who's in last place? Uh, the guests at two and two. Um, I'm two and so- two. Sod had the Cowboys 28-21. You had the Cowboys 27-24. So John and Sod, or John and the guests at 2-2. Two and two. Uh, I'm at 3-1. and one. I didn't think the Cowboys were going to get that one, though. Yeah, this Kent. might sound insane, but I'm definitely picking the Cowboys this week. <laughs> I don't know how insane it is, what we've seen it so does far. Sound insane. But, like, I think the Giants might be worse than the Cowboys. And well, that, that's possible, but... Well, this is good for the Cowboys since you picked them correct all season so far. So let's keep this going, Kent. And yeah, and uh, my fan... I'm my start uh, betting. My anyone but Dak picking. draft, I picked um, Demarcus Lawrence and Ezekiel Elliott. And that's not very uh, doing very okay. well for me right now, though. Nice. Um, so I jinxed them on that side of things. Um, nice. But 
No, um, I, I, I just, um, you know, when it comes to, to Dak, just to wrap up kind of, kind of the Dak stuff, um, he's all you got right now, really. And, and one other thing that stuck out to me about this game, KT, is just no, you have some pretty good receivers. Yeah, the, the amount of re, the amount of weapons that they have is incredible. I mean, when you talk about the guys that got involved in this game, Ceedee Lamb, Amari Cooper, uh, Cedric Wilson, Noah Brown, uh, Blake Bell, uh, Dalton Schultz. I mean, the amount of weapons that they have is incredible for a defense to try to have to cover um, all those guys, and so. That's going to work to their advantage going forward. They just got to have um, mentality that their defense has to bend but not break. And I don't know if the mentality has changed from Rod Marinelli of, you know, they seem to a lot more last year to be swarm, swarming the ball and to be able to at least hold on, give their offense a chance. So basically all I want this team going forward to do is not be horrible, horrific on defense. And I think they could be pretty good. All they have to do is be not horrible. And that's that shouldn't be a, a huge bar to try to try to get to for this defense. I, I thought for them to have the ultimate like get to the playoffs and have a chance to make a run, I thought they had to be middle of the pack in defense. Mm-hmm. And now I just think that's asking way too much. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, I. Th- all I can say is October is going to be one of the wildest months of our lives, uh, or has the potential to be one of the wildest months of our lives. I really hope the Cowboys beat the Giants because what is this fan base going to do if they lose on Sunday and you're one and four and lose to the Garrett's? I mean, that will be a burn it all down moment. <laughs> in this, this is yeah. this is this is going to be it starts a whole rough. different conversation of you know try to capitalize on this window of players this Super Bowl window. It might oh, take man. two years to get this McCarthy system in a place where they're actually able to win games, you know? Like, maybe oh, I, got this, I got this ceiling prediction out of you guys, so what's the basement? What's the worst that you think that they could finish record-wise? How many wins is the five. worst? Yeah, I think five is the worst. I don't think you can do worse than five. Um, but I, I hope they say- win the division at five and 11. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say, Just putting on those division championship hats. This week, I think. This week, I think we'll see at one point during the game. I, I you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk Giants later on in the week, I'm sure. But um, I will say we're going to see one Jason Garrett decision where he's going to like go for it on fourth and four, and he's going to convert and and something like that. It's just going to draw everyone crazy. It just would look so bad if they even have a chance without having Saquon Barkley and just yeah. the problems that they've had. Oh my! If they won that game. Another silver lining from today. Special teams didn't kill you today. That was good. Oh, thanks, Mr. Brightside. Except that one time that Pollard didn't see the kickoff. Yeah, that was that. And then, uh, and then you blocked a kick, but it ended up being two points. Mr. Brightside. (laughs) Hey, not joking when I say this. High school, college, pro, never have seen that happen (laughs) on a two point. Never have seen that, and neither did those officials for as long as they got together and talked. Like, they didn't know where, wait, can you advance that after somebody touched it? And it took, like, all four of them to get in there together, and then they finally decided that. Like, I don't know, man. I Hated the squib kick. Hated the squib kick. Thought yeah. they should have done Watermelon Kick Part 2. Let's see the sequel. You know? Good, the squib good. kick was pointless. Good thing go. they got uh, Tyron Smith back in the lineup for this game. Yeah, right? Banged up Tyron. Tyron didn't need an extra week or anything. 
he was noticeably fine, right? Yeah. Everything was like good. It felt stabilizing. Look, we're gonna get you ready for Cowboys Giants later in the week. That's going to happen. So hope you'll hopefully you'll join us for that on About Them Cowboys. And keep following everywhere, uh, everyone on the Athletic. If you are a new subscriber, go to theathletic.com/slash About Them Cowboys for that special discount. For our producer Kent Garrison, for Father John Mashoda, and for our good friend Saad Yusuf. I am Kevin K.T. Turner, and we will see you next time on the next episode of About Them Cowboys. All right, boys.